Inflation, deflation, higher rates, lower rates, tightening, loosening, a lot going on in the markets, a lot to talk about. Everything is not still awesome anymore, at least for the very moment. We'll see about that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, we'll talk the opposite of Miss Green, smart thermostats. We'll talk about ERCOT and the border wall here in Texas. A lot to talk about, a lot to get into. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the witty, the chartist, the technician, the father, the thinker, the hunter, Mr. Nick Hodge. This is episode 122 of Bizarro World. How are you, Mr. Hodge? Um, triple witched, Gerardo. How's it going? <laughs> You're triple witched, huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. Things are good. Things are good. It, it's been a you know heck of a week in the markets. Um, let, let, let's get right into it. We have what I like to call um, the CNBC factor, right? The narrative factor where, for whatever reason, narratives get spun and those narratives just always tend to be put together in a box with a bow tie by the people at CNBC to explain away everything, right? And most of the time, they're dead wrong. They're completely wrong about everything that's going on for the most part. Um, But yes, the narrative now, all of a sudden, Nick, if you haven't heard, because I know you don't watch CNBC, is that deflation is the big threat and that inflation really is transitory and that the Fed might raise rates two years from now and hold hold, hold the hunt to your hats, Nick. I mean, they might even do it next year. And all of a sudden the market is selling off and, you know, had its worst week since January, if I'm not mistaken. So do you buy any of that narrative explaining away the moves this week? No, I don't think anyone has a real firm grasp on what's going (laughs) on. I think there's a a lot of things happening in the markets. I referenced the triple witching. In fact, it's quadruple witching with with a lot of things, uh, contracts expiring in the market. You had a, a Fed meeting. You had China dumping stocks. And it's interesting you mentioned CNBC. I had forgotten already that I actually had an <laughs> exchange on Twitter this week with a gentleman from CNBC who was uh, tweeting the same thing essentially about lumber. And his tweet was essentially... Uh, in a very sarcastic tone uh, with a lumber chart saying, see, <laughs> see, the inflation is transitory because uh, the lumber is selling off. And I had to tweet him back and say, see, see, it's still up 160% in a year. Do you like paying 160% more for like lumber for like basic goods and things? Because, you know, pulling back to 160% up for the year um, doesn't mean that deflation is here. And it certainly doesn't mean that it's, um, uh, you know, uh, that inflation uh, is transitory. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Right. And then he sort of ended up talking himself uh, in circles. Uh, And I, I was just sort of confused because. A, a one-man uh, circle jerk is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, we had a little back and forth, and it was it was clear that um, he had a narrative that he was trying to uh, push forward. And he said um, that 
First, he said that uh, coming housing correction was going to uh, take lumber back to a five-year equilibrium. And then I said, well, five years is uh, transitory. You're still smoking crack. And then uh, he said, well, if you, he said, well, well, then if you think inflation is coming, you should own a house. And I said, well, I thought housing was going to correct and take lumber prices down. What the fuck are you talking about, a CNBC guy? And so anyway, he wished me luck and um went on doing whatever it is he does <laughs> and so anyway all that to say i'm not really sure what you asked but uh it's like i said it's quadruple witching day so we'll get a handle next week but uh you know rates uh spiked up and then pulled back uh, a little bit of uh spike in rates going on in the short short term like the two-year gold obviously right uh down a hundred bucks or so as 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 rates spiked and so the dollar spiking as well i don't think that's uh gonna last and then you had the chinese stuff with the the copper which is um you know i didn't even look before the podcast if i had to guess at 415 or 425 or something like that and has got even uh room to go down from there and is still at multi multi multi-year highs and so um, I would also remind you that we had these talks in uh, May and also in April, and we also mentioned volatility then. And volatility, as far as the VIX is concerned, at least, is not to where it was uh, then. And so, you know, I think you continue to approach whatever is coming, but I don't think whatever is coming is here yet. And uh, I'll see you next week, I guess. Well said. Um and I agree. I mean, everything is still awesome. It might not have been awesome this week for everybody. Sure in the heck didn't feel like it if your only position is being, which it shouldn't, right? Being long gold or long copper or long commodities. I'm heavily weighted towards that, but obviously hedge it with real estate and other, 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 other things. And so I brought up the narrative point because I think it's the time in the market where it's going to be more and more important to, to, to call bullshit bullshit and the people that are telling you that inflation is transitory clearly have a vested interest in telling you that and so it's funny that you mentioned the exchange with the guy on twitter um because context matters right and so yes pull out a one-year chart pull out a 60-year chart or five years whatever whatever it was that he that he was trying to highlight there but it's 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 more important to get it right than to be right as in life, right, Nick? It's more important to get it right than to be right. And so just be careful out there, everyone, where you get your source of information from. Um, anybody that tells you they know exactly what's going to happen and how's it going to play out is is lying to you. And so, yeah, let's get into gold. Gold closed at 1763, had itself a hell of a week. Um, we've been saying for weeks that, that, that we thought, or I thought at the very least, that Gold was going to break either 100 bucks higher or 100 bucks lower because the volatility was non-existent in the gold space. And then sure, sure enough, um, all it took was a, a, a little whisper of maybe one day I'll, rate, I'll raise rates by Mr. Powell, um, Sugar Daddy Jerome. And here we are at 1763. Silver followed down below 26, 2581. Copper, 419. How do you feel about all of those commodities six to 12 months from now, Nick? Uh, I'll tell you what I wrote last week before I knew any of what I uh, knew and saw this week. I was uh, raising buy under prices on Rio Tinto, not to where they were, but in case of a coming pullback, Mm. like maybe we had this week. I raised 
uh, buy under prices on mag silver, for example, which was mm. down around 10 bucks. I raised that all the way to 21 while the stock was trading at 24. I guess where it pulled back to hmm. uh, this week. Didn't get right <laughs> to 21, but but just above there. Um, I was, oh yeah, jamming. I was raising prices <laughs> on, I, I raised prices on, on Ivanhoe Mines, which is just entering production with a large copper, so a large copper mine in Africa. And so yeah, I think all those, uh, prices are maybe not higher, but remain at inflated levels where they're at now, right? Which is not transitory and uh, want to continue to be positioned in them, which is why I was advising increasing your exposure to copper and silver and uh, not gold yet, though I've been looking more and more um, at the bigger names. What, just what did I do today? I pulled up a Barrett chart and a Newmont chart, and I took a look at Kirkland because they announced a dividend that's actually looking quite attractive. And I looked at Wheaton and I looked at Franco, and they're not not quite there yet for for me, maybe for for some other people. But I think they're getting close. There's some juniors that are there for sure. Um, at 52 week lows, definitely uh, worth buying. But um, on the whole, I think. The complex is is of stocks is holding up well. Gold and gold and silver stocks in there uh, remains to be uh, interest there, especially on the on the silver side. Absolutely agree with all that. I think in six to twelve months we look back and and we're going to look at this little blip in the the, the the rising tide in the commodity space, and it, it, it's going to look like just that, right? Um, so, anyhow, let's uh. Let's pivot. Let's let's pivot a bit because there's there's <laughs> a couple of things here in my now home state of Texas, Mr. Hodge, that 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 irked me this week. So the first thing that irked me was that ERCOT, E-R-C-O-T, which is the entity that operates our state energy grid, sent me a nice love, email. Love that center in Disney. <laughs> sent me a nice email asking me to please turn my thermostat up higher, as in make it warmer in your house. 78 degrees. 78 degrees is what they're asking us to do. Um, so I, I, I looked at that and I said, well, wait a minute. You know, when we had ice apocalypse here in Texas, I was told... Me, average Texan citizen, I was told that the reason the grid failed was because it wasn't equipped for the cold. It's equipped for the heat. <laughs> and now it's fucking June. And here we are being told it's not equipped for the heat. You have to make it warmer in your house. So I was already a bit. They're, they're, they're just transitory blackouts. <laughs> transitory blackouts, right? It's funny because 35% of the new residents in Austin come from California. And it's interesting to me because a lot of them are leaving California to avoid the stupidity of politicians and inefficient government and, you know, extended lockdowns and businesses being taxed to death along with everyday citizens being taxed to death. Um, and I could go on, but rolling blackouts are something in California that's been happening for years, if not decades, right? And so people are leaving and they're coming here. And it's awesome because tons of great new people that that that, that we've met and you know made acquaintances with, all, all of that is great. But it is interesting to me that we are now at a point in Texas where we can't even get this fucking grid to work the way that it's supposed to work properly in the middle of June. Um, 
And, 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 and what's that followed by? An announcement by Governor Abbott that he's going to solicit donations from around the country to build a border wall. Which, look, again, son of, son of immigrant parents, came to this country illegally. You know the story. I've, I've, I've recited it here several times. Um, I am all for legal immigration and enforcing the laws and accountability and providing a pathway to citizenship and doing things the right way. All of that. that the immigration debate is a debate we can have another day. But... This was like just so transparent to me like, that it was to take away from the discussion about the energy grid, right? When we were told it was it was in the best shape it had ever been after ice apocalypse uh, back in the winter time, and so again that whole kind of you know if I can't get away with the facts or if the facts don't fit my narrative, as in Governor Abbott, let me just go cater to the part of my base that will always be anti-immigrant and, 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 and will rally around that. And hopefully they forget that it's hot as fuck out here in Texas. Right. And apparently getting hotter, not to go on a, on a climate change type thing, but I was reading about the amount of energy from the sun that is reaching the earth on like a, a square meter basis. And it's like twice uh, what it was some time ago because of less cloud cover and, and gases in the atmosphere, et cetera. But literally more energy from the sun is uh, getting through. And, you know, all you got to do is go outside on a on a hot day and you can actually just uh, feel that. And so uh, obviously now affecting the grid and you were just uh, talking about getting to a point where you have to call bullshit right i mean you got to call bullshit when they're telling you in the winter that the grid's, grid's built for the summer and you get to the summer and uh, it's it's failing <laughs> just like it was in the winter right and then uh so where do you go from there i saw one woman tweet that maybe they should rename ERCOT the uterus and then they then they, then they regulate it better <laughs> the uterus is hilarious i am going to read and let me see if i can pull it up because i don't know that i have it handy but i am going to read a an email that was shared by a Miss Wendy M. Perez. She says, Dear Urcot, I am a thick female who needs AC. <laughs> the heat outside my door is not the heat of my 1980s childhood. Back then, I didn't have boob sweat or thighs that love each other so much that they have to touch. I also <laughs> know for sure this isn't the sun I laid out under. Slathered in baby oil, tanning midday sun beating down. This son is angry and on a diet and wasn't hugged as a child. My 1990s son was loved by two parents and went to a nice school and didn't have to know how to fight. 2021 sunshine goes to, goes to county and may have been to Huntsville regularly. 2021 son has been handled. I say all this to tell you, Urcott, me turning this thermostat to 78 during the day and 82 at night will never happen. <laughs> Y'all better fire up the nuclear plant in Bay City. Y'all need to send your entire board to West Texas to take a collective breath and blow on the GD windmills to name, I think she meant GE, windmills to name a few ways to meet demand. Please tell downtown the gallery of the entire worthless city of Dallas to turn off the lights because Houston, we ain't doing it. I think she meant GD, Gerardo. (laughs) Shorthand for goddamn. I think you're right, actually, Nick. (laughs) It made me laugh. It made me laugh right now. Reading it again, it made me feel a little better. I'm glad it's not just me. Um, I I don't irk easy, 
Um, but but yeah, that 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 irked me a, a little bit, right? It, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't the thing. And then just to close cl- close that up here, then I read an article yesterday um, <laughs> that neighbors in the Houston area are are saying that in the middle of the night their smart thermostats are being adjusted upwards, and so people are waking mm-hmm. up boiling, like hot as all hell. And so there's a story, and I put a link up of, of of a family, and they have a small child. She's three months old, and of course babies dehydrate quickly, right? And so they're they're, they're, they're they wake up at two thirty, and baby's sweating, and everybody's hot, and the home doesn't 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 cool quickly. And so they're like, "What the heck is going on?" And apparently, this is a thing that's been kind of going around um, where where they believe that that. The thermostats are being hacked. The smart thermostats, right? And so, I found it interesting. Um, any thoughts on 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 you know these companies who we know obviously we give it to them have control and can control and can take over? Um, just inter- interfering, like I, that, probably bother you, wouldn't it, Nick? You pay your bill, you pay your taxes, you do good work, you do make an honest living, you take care of your family, you do all the things that you're supposed to do. And the government wants to come in and turn your shit up in the middle of the night. Alexa, get my gun. <laughs> Climate change fighter, hunter, fight the Fed, Nick. Um, yeah, look, I haven't seen the story. I don't know if those are, you know, grid or utility connected or installed uh, thermostats or not. I remembered when I lived in Baltimore, there was a mandated uh, program to get the the smart thermostats installed, and they were also installing the switches, um, the physical switches outside at the um, the unit level, the AC unit level. Uh, that was not mandatory; that was an optional program. But if you opted into that program with the switch, they could physically cycle off your air conditioner at the source when they needed the power. Um, and this is going back; well, it's been four years since I lived there, so that's you know four, five, six years ago. Um, but the thermostats were definitely uh, provided by the utility and uh, was not optional. And I think you had to pay, ended up paying an increased fee on your bill if you didn't uh, take the thermostat. I don't know how it is in Austin. And here, here in Spokane, um, there's one main utility, uh, Vista. I believe that's a publicly traded company. And then there's a smaller co-op that services yeah. some of the rural areas. I'm in the co-op. And so I don't think, I don't believe my thermostat is provided uh, by the co-op, although, you know, it is a smart thermostat and I can have the thing cycled, but I don't think it's uh, internet uh, connected, but um, I can certainly see that that happening, right? Just like hacking of the pipeline, just yeah, like exactly. hacking of the meat plant, just mm. like um, other things. And, um, you know, I mean, that benefits the utility. So you have to wonder who's who's behind that. I mean, that's not the Russia jacking the heat up, I don't think. I, I, I don't think, you know, and not to mention the government uh, hacking to get, you know, it's Bitcoin back, right? <laughs> for for right. colonial pipeline. So, yeah, a, a lot of privacy issues and concerns there, stuff to get into. Um, but it's the things that, you know, and <laughs> stuff I was writing about five years ago, right? About don't get Alexa, right? I would never have one of those things in my house. And I know we all carry a smartphone in our pocket, but, you know, I don't want my doorbell recorded in the front of my house all the time like i just don't want that you know what i mean and so you know i see these people who got the ring doorbell connected to the alexa playing you know whatever spotify through the thermostat i don't even know what's going on and then it vibrates their toothbrush and other things you know so, <laughs> and other things um, 
like, what other things uh, wait, does it vibrate, Nick? <laughs> wait, wait till those start getting hacked because there's some like Wi-Fi controlled ones now as well. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> we'll put a link up. <laughs> <laughs> we don't get a we don't get a uh, affiliate commission. Uh, well, you know, Nick, you get a little bit older, and you know, although, although. <laughs> I do know the gentleman, and now we're going to get really off topic, who is attempting to buy Pornhub. Have you seen that, Gerardo? No. Please enlighten me. Oh, my goodness. So Chuck Rafici. Oh, um, say that 10 times. Chuck Rafici? Yeah, Chuck Rafici. He's the co-founder of of, uh, Tweed, essentially, which went on to become... Uh, he's the co-founder of Canopy Growth, which right. was the largest cannabis company in the world. He's since exited. And he went on to found another cannabis company called uh, Oxley that I raised some money for while it was private. And so, you know, I've spoken to Mr. Rafici. Anyway, he made a lot of money with uh, Canopy Growth, obviously. And he's now got a, an investment fund that he's been looking to make acquisitions with. And uh, Pornhub is apparently for sale. I didn't know this till this morning, but the Globe and Mail did an article about it. Apparently back in May, it went for sale. Pornhub I'm talking about. Huh. Because if you've seen these lawsuits about, you know, women alleging uh, revenge porn and other things yes. against uh, Pornhub. And so, in, and I just read this today because I saw Chuck Rafici's name. So I read the article. Um, the guy who was, I don't know if he was the owner or the president or the CEO, but let's say the guy in charge of Pornhub was building this big mansion in Canada. And um, the mansion got burned down like while it was like almost near completion, like multi, multi-million dollar uh, mansion. And then like a week after that, Pornhub went for sale. And then now Chuck Rafici is trying to buy it. I, mean, I forget why we're even talking about this, but I, he, he he's being coy that they interviewed him in the Globe and Mail and he wouldn't, he said we're investigating opportunities, but wouldn't say what it was. But I just thought that was very interesting. Very, very interesting. Any idea on, on, on the valuation? No, nothing mentioned. Nope. Okay. And I'm reading quickly here. By the way, if you guys want want, want to Google Pornhub for sale, um, just fair warning, you're going to see some other things come up. So. <laughs> but big business though, we were just talking about how yes. a couple of weeks ago, porn is early adopter and things. That's insane. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm reading here, um, Pornhub, in addition to Pornhub, MindGeek, um, another one of his ventures, I guess, retains a stacked portfolio of the following pornographic sites, which were instrumental in generating, get this, $460 million worth of revenue during the 2018 fiscal year. And man, they got them all. Here goes some of the titles. I don't know how we got on this one. <laughs> um, PornMD, RedTube, YouPorn, Reality Kings, Digital Playground, Men.com. Sean Cody, random, Brazzers, Twisties, why not buy.com, Nick? Buy like B-I, not B-U-Y, Nick. Why not buy.com? Mofo's Network, Babe's Network, Milf Hunter, Milf Next Door, Euro Sex Parties, Crazy College Girlfriends, Wicked.com, Adult.com, See My Wife. So, all right. Well, Mr. Rafishi is, is, is apparently a very astute businessman, and I wish him all the best. And yeah, yeah, let's um, kudos to Pornhub for what appears to be um, a tight, <laughs> pun intended, a tightening <laughs> of restrictions on 
sex trafficking and the revenge porn. And I know that lawsuits had to happen to get that done, but they have adapted and, and you know, I'm all for if, if you want to have your OnlyFans, we've talked about that on the show. If you want to be a porn star, if you want whatever you want to do, have at it. But it's got to be consensual and we absolutely should not be exploiting anybody in order to get off. <laughs> we could soon be uh, writing checks into a, a private deals, Gerardo. Nick, I would be first in line. <laughs> because, because... I've joked on here before, and, and, and you know, because you put me onto this deal, uh, there's a mushroom deal that, 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 that we did, a psychedelics deal, I should say, and, and you, you can explain it if you want. We're going to just continue veering off topic, <laughs> but, but that's what we do. Um, so any, anyhow, I would love to have a portfolio where, like Mr. Rafishi, I'm able to, 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 to make money from weed and psychedelics and porn or adult-friendly sites that are responsible. That would be wonderful. All of the things I was told were it's bad for portfolio. you as a kid. Yes. The sin portfolio. Yes, I would absolutely love to have a sin portfolio. I guess it's a big deal in Canada because Mr. Affici was also Justin Trudeau's liberal government CFO or something like that. And so there's a lot of, you know, look at who our government leadership was or their porn owners. There's people that want to own porn or, you know, political stuff. Yeah, he was uh, the former CFO of Canada's Liberal Party. What an interesting, interesting resume. <laughs> it's interesting. He's an interesting gentleman. You can follow him on Twitter. He's active. I, 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 I plan on doing so. We'll put a link up to... Um, We'll put a link up to all the sites there. I know there's a couple of uh, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds out there because you guys have sent some LinkedIn messages in the past or CEOs have told me that, that that their kids often listen to it. And then I apologize for my language and my sense of humor in advance, but apparently they keep coming back and listening. So uh, we'll put a link up so that the kids have access to, to, to all these sites. Of course, if you're of legal age, right? <laughs> they got the Discovery Channel, don't they? <laughs> Get you with your Eminem lyrics. I like it. I like it. Well, let's pivot from smart thermostats, porn, and weed to the opposite of smart thermostats, which is Marjorie Taylor Green. Are you familiar with Miss Green, Nick? Not on a personal level, but we've spoken about her on this uh, we, podcast we both have. before and how she was. What were we talking about? Was she equating. Masks with the Holocaust or something. I forget what we were talking well, about. Well, well, the last time we talked about her is because she was she was uh, running around saying that she was worried about Jewish lasers from space, and um, you know talked about you know nine one one conspiracies and just a number of things. And, and for those that aren't familiar, uh, Miss Green is in the House of Representatives. She's an elected leader. <laughs> As funny as that sounds. Um, and, and you know, she got her start um, in QAnon forums. And so she has <laughs> come to be known. As for... all historically great governor uh, <laughs> people in Congress have. Yes, as all historically great people in Congress have. So she got herself into some hot water because she equated having to wear masks with the Holocaust. She said, this is as bad as the Holocaust. Um, so 
she's on an apology tour and the way she's going about the rollout here is she went and visited a museum. It was her decision, she says, um, on Monday and offered an apology. So I, I want to give kudos to Miss Green for, for owning this one and, and actually apologizing. Um, hopefully it's sincere, right? But she said she wanted to apologize for the comments made, the words that she said, remarks that I've made, she said, that I know are offensive. And for that, I'd like to apologize. I should own it. I made a mistake. Um, so my worry here, again, is that she is an elected leader who apparently didn't know about the atrocity that was the Holocaust. Right? The, the, the just, I mean, you have to be kidding me, Nick. I didn't know there were adults that still didn't know about the Holocaust. Um, I don't know any personally, but sure. I <laughs> definitely believe they exist. You know, I mean, there's some, there's some characters out there. There's it was the... It was the, I can't believe how long ago it was. It was like the 14th anniversary of the Miss South Carolina or Miss Teen South Carolina answering the question about why so many people in America couldn't find countries on a map. And the answer was just so incoherent that it went on to become what would be a meme, but we didn't call them memes back then, I don't think. And so I don't know if you remember that, but, um, you know. Uh, that's sort of like the caliber, like Miss Teen South Carolina is like Miss Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> and she's popular amongst her, amongst her people, amongst her party. She raised $3.2 million in her first three months in office, Nick. They probably all got stimulus checks. <laughs> what else is going on in the world? Um... There's a story that was interesting well, to me. <laughs> go ahead, Nick. No, I'm going to go off topic again because <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's Friday afternoon it's, in the it, summer. It's Friday. People, got, people obviously got money. I'm not going to go back on the inflation thing, but yep. I am going to go on maybe the Marjorie Taylor Greene supporter thing because we've talked about ammo on this podcast before and how it was hard to get ammo. But now it's like really, really, really hard to get ammo. Like um, I'm going on an elk trip this fall and... I have to have uh, a certain caliber and weight bullet, uh, not a lead bullet. I want, you know, some copper, yeah. something that's not. Anyway, um, so I have a couple boxes and I was sighting my rifle the other week and I found the one that I liked. And I went online this week to buy some more of the one that, you know, my rifle liked and that had the closest group and uh, can not buy it. Like cannot buy it. Nowhere. Not even like. There's a website called AmmoSeek where you can put in the caliber and it'll crawl the internet and find most any website that has that for sale. Can not buy it. Literally the most restrictive result results I've ever seen to the point where there was only two different grain weights available in, in seven millimeter Remag and like the trash brands, literally nothing available. And all the websites you go to have like disclaimers at the top, like not even taking back orders. Some stores only doing physical sales in like brick and mortar stores. Anyway, um, people are buying ammo, up, like buying it up. Well, we talked last week, right? And and, and we talked about the fact that I, I so I, supply I, chain stuff as well. Yes, absolutely. We we, we chatted last week. I, I I wrote I think two weeks ago about how I think you know it would be wise for those of you that haven't to 
stock up on some of the essentials and, and, you know, obviously being able to defend yourself should be considered essential yourself and your family. And so whether that's food or water or, you know, <laughs> toilet paper, I guess, <laughs> um, if you're able to go and, and, and just have a little extra folks, because, you know, between, <laughs> between rolling blackouts and uh, government messing with thermostats and all the other craziness that's going on. Um, it's probably wise to do that. We haven't, you know, here we are 32 minutes into this podcast on, on a hot summer afternoon. And we haven't even talked about the mass shooting here in Austin, right? 14 people were shot. Most of them had nothing to do with the incident, right? And, you know, it was heartbreaking. There was a gentleman that was 25 years old that was here visiting from New York. You know, Austin is known for, and it's true most of the time. Most of my experiences in Austin have been a city that is friendly and welcoming and a great time and great for music and great for partying and active and and healthy and productive. All the things that Austin, you know, is is, is pitched at. Um, have 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 been things that that I've experienced, and I I, I love this place. I'll, I'll I'll never leave here. Um, if it, if it, if it keeps that character and that spirit, right? But you know, this gentleman's visiting from New York. Probably read the brochure, got pitched. Of course, I want to go to Austin. The, the you know lockdown's over. Uh, let's get out there and have a great time. And and you know he ends up being out on Sixth Street, which is the main entertainment district here at night. Um, which by the way, if you're coming to Austin, everybody from out of state, there's funner places to have a great time than Sixth Street. Sixth Street tends to be the place where all the fights happen after midnight and the occasional shooting. And, and in this case, that's exactly what ended up happening. There were two groups, a 15 year old and a 17 year old, um, were, were a part of two different groups. Words were exchanged on what the hell these kids were doing out there at 1:32 in the morning with guns on them, both of them. And uh, something was said. There was some history between the groups. One of them allegedly had been shot before in a small town called Killeen. And they seen each other. Words exchanged. One pulled out a gun. Another one pulled out a gun. They started firing in the middle of, you know, a weekend crowd at two in the morning. And 14 people end up being hit, including the gentleman who lost his life. And so... It's going to likely continue. We, 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 we said that it was going to be a hot summer. We said you could expect volatility, not just, you know, in the markets, but also socially. And I think, unfortunately, uh, my spidey senses are tingling on that front, Nick. And I think, I think, I think people should be careful. I think, uh, I think taking extra precautions is probably smart right about now. And, um, I'll leave that there for now, but yeah, sad, 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 sad story. A lot of, uh, a lot of stories here in town about, you know, a young lady that's learning to walk again. She might be paralyzed, shot on both legs. Again, not, not doing anything wrong. Out there having a good time, minding her own business, and uh, this ends up happening, right? Yeah, it's tragic and terrible. I'm not, I think I saw a headline, but I certainly hadn't read a story about it. You know, I mean, uh, innocent bystanders, tragic yeah. to see. And my, my gut, Spidey sense is going off as well. So, yeah, we'll see how the summer unfolds. Ammo up, everybody. If 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 you know if that's how you, you choose to protect yourself and your family. If it's a, if it's a crossbow, get a crossbow. If it's a knife set, whatever whatever you do, right? Uh, but but yeah, I, I would absolutely be taking precautions ahead of what I think is going to be uh, some more instability here in the U.S. Um, 
Yeah, let's let let's let's pivot back to a story that I was saying kind of caught my eye <laughs> this week. Um, there were 1,900 military firearms lost or stolen during the 2010s. Can you believe that, Nick? I absolutely can. Absolutely can. Do you believe that number is understated? Oh, gosh, I'm not qualified to opine, but I, I can certainly believe that there's lots of firearms missing. You remember the billions of dollars? It was like hundreds of billions of dollars that the military lost the Department of Defense. Like, mm -hmm. and, and then like it was just never followed up on. Yep. And, and then, yeah, I, I, I could, yeah, okay, I, I could go on a rant. I, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, leave that there. I'm glad that the Associated Press, which is the group that did the research and finally got some numbers, did the article. We'll put a link up to the article. Um, I don't think the rise of domestic extremist and white supremacist and you know, radicals on the left and, and everything else that, 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 that's going on, right? The polarization of America and, and the way that it's been, it's been filtering in and through the military and police departments. And, you know, most of those times uh, we're talking, you know, disgruntled white males, right? Nick, we talked about this years ago. You did. You said that white males felt like they weren't being heard, right? Well, a lot of those white males, and we talked about this last week again, a lot of those white males are are, are, are turning to, um, you know, non-traditional means of venting, right? As in <laughs> becoming domestic extremists. And so it was interesting to see President Biden come out and say that that this is the number one threat to America right now was domestic extremism. And as someone that lives in Texas, I can tell you it's 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 somewhat comforting that at least it's on the radar because it hasn't felt like it's been on the radar. And again, not picking on white males and not picking on black males or Mexican males, just fact-based um, extremism in all forms where the primary goal is violence and intimidation of innocent people is bullshit and should be stomp, stomped out. I don't care what color, background, or, or your income bracket or any of that stuff you are or, or where you lie. But yeah, no, it, it's good to see it's on the radar. It didn't feel like it had been on the radar for for the past you know several years, last four years, and it sure in the heck didn't feel like it was something that we even cared about as a country as far as government went and the president when Trump was there You know, after the whole January 6th. Um, insurrection. So at least it's on the radar. You think it actually leads anywhere, Nick? You think they actually really have resources allocated towards this? I doubt it. I saw another story <laughs> yesterday where Fuck. Uh, they weren't. They were supposed to be funding, you know, tuition scholarships for uh, military members, and the the system's been down for so long that, like, you know, these. Soldiers aren't, aren't able to get educated or, or pay their loans. It's like, you obviously have money to do that. Like, you know, anyway, uh, we wear the pins on our lapels, everybody in Congress. And we continue to have uh, problems like this, uh, not only <clears throat> squandering resources, but then not uh, providing the resources necessary for the people who put their lives on the line to uh, serve for the country. Right. And then and to your point about, you know, extremism, I think there's a lot of extremism everywhere. There's extreme wealth inequality. There's uh, extreme amounts of poverty, extreme amounts of drug addiction, and overdoses, and 
to that effect, you have to assume there's extreme amounts of desperation. Uh, and people are just getting bolder across the board, whether that's in the white collar professional world of people more comfortable leaving their jobs or quitting or telling their company they're not coming back into the office all the way to uh, the deadly extreme or deadly boldness of, of mass shooting, right? And so I think all those dynamics are in play and contributing to what we're seeing. Agreed. Agreed. Um, back to the markets before we, we, we close up, Nick, uh, anything out there that you're watching for this week? There, there, there does seem to have been a disconnect this week in the trading. And you mentioned the quadruple witching, right? Um, that may have contributed to it, but between the gold moves and, 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 and real rates, right? They actually diverged pretty, pretty, pretty significantly um, here after Wednesday. And so do you think that correlation comes back? You think it's a blip? You think this dollar strength you mentioned, you thought it was temporary. Are you watching for that? Yeah, I'm watching the dollar. We'll see how uh, strong it can get on a very uh, macro basis. Uh, interested to see, I said, you know, we're all preparing for what's coming next and we don't know when it's going to come or what it's going to be, but I'm pretty sure some defensive mechanisms are going to do well, like utility style. And then hmm. um, I was, I saw a, a Nassim Nicholas uh, Talib quote yep. this uh, week about what the contrary to you know, popular belief or opinion, what the initial best asset class is during an inflation. And he was saying that uh, assets initially collapse. So the counterintuitive, one of the best assets to have is cash, um, to be able to, to buy the things that uh, initially collapse. And so I think uh, a bit of dry powder is uh, not a bad idea. And then uh also looking at the uranium which we finally got a pullback in a, in a couple of the stocks um not quite the one i'm looking for but uh it was good to see them come back to earth a little bit i guess and uh, make me a little bit more comfortable about uh wading more deeply into into that sector and uh again uh, a good pullback in uh like copper uh names you saw me recommend generation mining this week i've been waiting for that for a while so like those are the things that uh that that i'm doing and looking at i guess yeah and some names that are outperforming look cucho copper just raised you know four million dollars and and you know it looks like they're cleaning that up really really well it looks like they have a strategic investor that is willing to come in and write a bigger check to actually get that project built the stock is acting like it's headed to a buck, right? And and this this in the midst of the the, the copper pullback that we saw, it's it's you know fifty two week high of eighty two cents. It's at sixty cents. It had itself a heck of a week. This thing was at fifty cents just you know a couple of weeks ago, a week and a half or two ago. So Cucho Copper's been outperforming opportunities in the space. There's a couple of names that have been absolutely hammered. Um, Revival Gold sold off. Pretty, uh, pretty, pretty on pretty good volume too. Uh, somebody, somebody sold something. Um, it was at seventy five, seventy six cents last week. Closed at sixty six cents. That gold isn't going anywhere, right? And 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 there's more to be found. They're cashed up. They're drilling. One of the best teams in the space. I'd look at Revival Gold if 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 you have patient capital that that believes inflation is not transitory and gold's headed higher. 
Um, and then it seems like the Peruvian names, uh, the Chicana Coppers, which, you know, has been taken to the woodshed and holding, <laughs> um, the Chicana Coppers and the Regulus Resources and the Hand and Metals, um, it seems like they've found their bottom. It seems like whatever is priced in as far as a Castillo victory goes, it feels like this is it. The charts say this is it. Um what do you think? Good entry point. You were smarter than I. You took uh, profits in Chicago Copper and projected those gains back at the 42 cent level, if I'm not mistaken. I think the hand in chart looks really good. Put in the classic bottom there at right around 29 cents, if I, if I remember correctly. And uh, we'll have some cash coming in from Warren's. It's got it, uh, I forget, 22 or 25 cents. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's 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 it for hand. And I haven't looked too, too closely uh at chicana in the in the past couple of days but yes on the chart for hannon for sure excellent yeah so names worth looking at we didn't even talk crypto i i just tweeted uh i just tweeted uh, babes in crypto land right now and asked her if we're still going to the moon so i'll let you know what what babes in crypto land uh responds with right and she's an excellent follow on twitter by the way uh, jokes aside she she she's on it she's on point the content is engaging it's brief it's quick and and you know she loves the space but i'm definitely no crypto expert nick you have more experience on that front you're a better chartist as well um because i don't I, know I, about that well I'm, I'm not much of a chartist so trust me you're a better chartist than i am i i know who well, to we, call and i know who to ask but i'm not it <laughs> we started the week with, with a what uh elon musk tweet is how we started the week right yep. or elon musk saying that um it's like a yo-yo right we're not taking Bitcoin, we're taking Bitcoin. Tesla's again looking at Bitcoin if it can, you know, clean up its renewable and renewable energy profile or whatever. And so uh, that sends it back to forty. Uh, that was earlier this week. At last check today, he was getting whipsawed like everything else at around thirty-five thousand dollars yep. for the uh, Bitcoin. So, so still volatile. There is what I would say. Volatility uh, escalated or high for for cryptos and and still relatively low for equities. All my favorite coins are down. Uni swaps, <laughs> poppy swaps. <laughs> well, the World Bank pushed back also on El Salvador and said, uh-uh. So, um, you know, everything's playing out. Come rockets are down. Holy smokes. Everything's getting taken to the woodshed. Yeah, no, interesting week in the crypto space. Um, we'll keep an eye on that. I, I, I think long term, again, we've talked about this before, so I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I think the better, the better, more quality names like the Bitcoins, like the Ethereums, uh, uh, have a bright, bright future. And I think it's a heck of an opportunity at, at, at these levels, but doesn't mean they can't get cut in half before that next run up, right? I'm sure they'll be incorporated in the Mind Geek deal somehow. <laughs> I love it. Nick, by the time everyone listens to this, Father's Day would have passed. I want to wish you a happy Father's Day and everybody out there that, that, that does the work that you sign up for when you bring a kid into the world. Um, happy Father's Day, Nick. Hope you had a good one. You too, Gerardo. Um, good father yourself. And I hope you had uh, and have a, a good weekend. Make sure you uh, call your dad, everyone. I'll be doing the uh, same and we'll see you again here next week. Awesome. That's all we got for this week. This was episode 122 of Bizarro World. I am Gerardo Del Real. It's been fun hanging out with you, Mr. Nick Hodge. Say goodbye for us. See ya.